Thanks for tuning in to our podcast today, and I want to give you a heads up. About partway through the podcast, for about seven minutes, you are going to have the privilege of hearing my obnoxious air conditioner go on in my office. Can you believe that? Just wanted you to know to stay tuned through those seven minutes. The best is yet to come. This is Susan bringing you hope for the uprooted woman, and I am delighted that you've joined me today. I always enjoy the pleasure of your company as I bring you encouragement from my heart and biblical principles, some practical tips to live out daily, and hope from God's Word. And I love to share my favorite scriptures with you. We're all about encouragement and hope for the uprooted woman. And being uprooted could mean lots of different things. You can be uprooted from a move or from a divorce, from a death, from a career. You can be uprooted in that maze of moving, that chaos of change, that emotional roller coaster that comes with life change. So, I just love to hang out with you for a while and and just um, kind of walk through life with you. And this is, of course, the month of February. So, what comes to mind for those of you that are um, married uh, is Valentine's Day. And, of course, even if you're not married, you may have a good friend or you may be in a relationship that you want to remember that person in a special way for Valentine's Day. Of course, I always say Valentine's Day is once a year, and it's all about cards and candy. And I like to think of the the living out of Valentine's Day, of living out love all year long and every day. For those in our family as well as our husbands in our marriage. But I just want to share with you today, for those of you that have struggled with um, your marriage and a move, I want to talk to you about how a move affects your marriage. And some of you may say, oh my gosh, I'm already, I've done there, done that, been there, and we've moved, and you know, it's been rough, and others might say, gosh, I've got that ahead of me, but I want you as a woman, as a wife, and I'm speaking today to to you as, as, a, as a wife, um, I want to encourage you to understand that a move is more than unpacking boxes. You see, I want to unpack some facts and help you unpack your move and unpack your marriage and then help you move closer together. And some of the tips and some of the gentle reminders that I'll share with you are things that you can use all year round. Things that maybe are just prompting what you already know. It truly is a gentle reminder. But what better time than 
at um, at Valentine's to be prompted with things that remind us of the little things that sometimes we forget. But first of all, and this is regarding how a move affects your marriage, is let me just unpack some facts for you. Um, You know, I moved 14 times as a corporate wife. Uh, I was a military daughter uh, and a military wife. And I was married for 45 years. So, um, and it's interesting. I I wrote my blog, and I encourage you to read it on justmove.org. I write a blog every month, do a podcast every month. But my blog this month was written uh, from the heart of Bill, my husband, my late husband. And I had interviewed him some years ago on moving from a man's perspective. And he shared those things with me, which are still very, very pertinent and and important and pertain to today as well as it did years ago. So uh, I'm very vulnerable in my sharing in that blog, and I'd love for you to read it and hear Bill's voice from a man's perspective. And Um, When I was putting together some thoughts some years ago on how a move affects a marriage, uh, Bill added some notes for me, and do you know I still have them in my handwriting, or in his handwriting, and I'd love to share some of that with you today in and through um, this, this time together. But let's unpack some facts First of all, Malachi 3.6 reminds us, For I, the Lord, do not change. And you know, the only thing constant is change in this changing world, in this mobile society. Our only stability is knowing the Lord does not change. Now hang on to that. Anchor that. Um, Unpack that fact that in this changing world, Our stability is knowing the Lord does not change. And it might be of interest to you to know 36 million people in the U.S. move in one year. And that's corporate, expats, retired, um, my goodness, all kinds of job changes, a change of place, a change of pace of life. Some have a choice, some have no choice. And a move is something that a man does and a woman feels. Moving is one of the top five reasons of stress. Hey, did you know that? I bet that brings you a little peace to know, hey, I thought I was weird and crazy, but no wonder. Moving is one of the top five reasons of stress. People experience a tangible loss. Their whole world is uprooted, for women especially, because a move is something a woman feels. She feels uprooted because it affects every area of our life. You feel disconnected, discouraged, disillusioned. As a woman, you lose that sense of community and that sense of self, and you feel like, I don't belong anywhere. My whole life is in brown boxes. And you leave behind everything that is familiar to face the unfamiliar. 
Even a good move, my friends, can be traumatic because change is loss, and with loss comes grief. And we're fearful of change, aren't we? I know I am. Um, we become very fearful and anxious many times. Change is the very thing, though, that will drive us closer to Christ. I don't know. I find that every time we moved, I would move from being self-dependent to being God-dependent, to lean into Him. And a lot of times, our reaction to change, you know, we'll fight it. We try to avoid it or deny it. And, you know, out of fear, we try to manage it or control it. And then we try to take a shortcut out of frustration. But let me tell you, um, God is teaching us uh, in the long run of change. And sometimes a shortcut will shortchange what he is trying to teach us. And then finally, we adapt in faith and we accept and we trust those are some of the reactions that we have to change. And no matter what your change might be, you, um, we tend to react with those emotions. So I've unpacked some facts for you um, to help you understand that any move, any being uprooted, uh, first of all, you're very normal going through those emotions and it helps you understand the stability that the Lord brings us when we have lost that sense of connection and community. Some practical tips when facing change to remember to communicate. Communicate with your husband. Uh, find that time to sit down and talk or take a walk and talk. But to communicate is so important. Um, that's a key. You don't want to silo in your marriage after a move. And grieve the loss. You know, you're not weird or crazy. And it's a process you go through. But for many of us, when you move and you're uprooted, th there is a loss. You've left behind so much that perhaps is a part of who you are. And to grieve is not weird or crazy, but it's normal. The key is not to get stuck in that grief, but to begin to let go and start over and move forward. And then another practical tip when facing any change is to keep perspective because uh, a move or change has a beginning and an end. And you're going to get through it. There is a beginning, but there's also an end to it. And it's not going to last forever. And look for God's blessings. Look for his hand all over it. Look for what he's trying to teach you. Look for the details that he is in every day. Unpacking your move. Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength I need. He will give you the physical strength, the emotional strength, and he will, he will undergird you with the strength that you need physically and emotionally to unpack your move. It may not always seem like it, but my friends, he is at work in you. He does not waste change. He doesn't waste a move in your life. 
choose to let go and trust God. You know, women look in their rearview mirror and grieve the loss of what they've left behind, relationships and home and place. Here's the men's perspective. They have no rearview mirror. Men have a periscope. They are underwater with stress and pressure, trying to focus on what's ahead. Don't forget that. That's a great comparison. And Bill gave that to me. Uh, I, I have it in his notes and in his handwriting. Um, I remember saying to him, Gosh, Bill, we look in the rearview mirror and we grieve what we left behind. And he said, Ah, men have no rearview mirror. But we have a periscope and we're underwater with the stress and the pressure and the desire to succeed and make it all work, trying to focus on what's ahead. Men begin to let go when they accept a new job, when they want to start over. It can be harder, of course, when they lose a job or retire. That is very difficult for them. Where women have a harder time letting go, letting go of, of a church or a neighborhood or a community or a house they loved and friends, especially relationships. Where with men, again, they're focusing on what's ahead. And when they accept that new job and they're excited about starting over, um, they, they're just focusing on, on that, uh, what lies ahead. So choose to let go and trust God. And in during that, understand that your husband has emotions that he's going through too. And then choose to start over with hope. You know, men, Bill would say, Susan, we hit the ground running. And many times our families and the move are left behind in the dust. And Bill said to me, Susan, so many times when I moved, a corporate move, he said, don't you remember I had to go ahead of you and the kids and start my job? And he said, you were left to sell the house. You were left to get everything settled. And he said, I hit the ground running and left you behind in the dust many times with all the responsibility. And for him to even say that was, uh, was healing for me because for him to acknowledge that after years and years of moving, um, wow, that meant a lot to me. A lot of times men don't even stop and think of that. And that communication will help them understand if you keep those doors open. Women hit the ground in slow motion, okay? We're trying to keep the family intact, get the children settled. Some of us are starting a new job, trying to create a new home. So see the parallel here? Men hit the ground running, we hit the ground in slow motion. Women are going to a place where they know no one and have no support system. Men are going to a job where they're accepted, where they're expected and welcomed. 
So there's such parallel in you under, or there's such different parallels in you understanding this about your moving man and how a move does affect your marriage because you may withdraw and you may just, you know, kind of, you know, just shut down. I did. I shut down so many moves. I thought Bill is on the fast track of this corporate world and, you know, he's going down one path and I'm going down another. And it took years for us to, um, to begin to understand each other. And I uh, hope that these little tips and insights will help you. And then not only choose to let go and trust God and choose to start over with hope, but, but remember as women, separation and feelings of rootlessness leaves us feeling wounded and affects our ability to start over. Where with men, they are ready, set, go, ready, ready aim fire for many of them because they have uh, a job to go to and people that are there waiting on them and then choose to move forward with faith for women it's difficult if you haven't put down roots in a community and a church and your relationships aren't established but for men moving forward is a challenge to be conquered how about that you know if I had just known that that it was like a challenge to be conquered. And when Bill told me that years ago, I thought, you know, you're right. You know, that's exactly how you faced every move. I mean, not all of our moves were good. Some were great, but they weren't all good. And some were up the ladder, some were down the ladder, some were a promotion, some were just, you know, same kind of job in a different state. But we had to choose to move forward with faith. And it began with me. It began by me living that out. And you know, all of this, moving forward and starting over and letting go, uh, I share those things with you because those are the, the, the principles that we teach in our, in our studies and in my book. But from the men's perspective, uh, why that sometimes they have a different slant on that. Moving forward is a challenge to be conquered. I think, wow, if I only knew then what I know now. Men, now listen, includes unpacking your feelings and emotions, okay? Unpacking them. Unpacking your husband also includes unpacking your feelings and emotions. Men, listen at this. And and I was so surprised that Bill shared this uh, with me because it also took him a long time to even um, admit this to himself. He said, Susan, I was anxious and fearful. He said, I had a lot of expectations, and yet there were parts of me that felt inadequate. Would I measure up? And, you know, would I make this work? And, you know, I've moved my family across the United States, and did I make the right move and the right decision? And will I be able to to do this um, huge job uh, or even keep the job. And there were times in our moves where it was a matter of finding a job. 
And so, you know, I thought, I thought I was the only one anxious. I thought I was the only one fearful. And, and no, but, but Bill felt that way too. But he didn't know how to share that. He didn't know how to tell me. Where with women, the feelings and emotions we have are are loneliness and a lot of times anger and comparison and we lose our identity, don't we? And we think, will I make friends and will I belong? And, you know, there's there's disappointment and sometimes depression. Even men can be um, depressed if a job isn't working out, if, you know, if they lose their job. Don't underestimate a man's emotions, even though he may not share them. Men will come home at the end of the day to boxes and a bundle of family needs. And I think, oh, Susan, how often... That's exactly how Bill came home. He came home stressed out after a full day at work, decision-making, meeting new people, learning new things. And he would come home to boxes and a bundle of needs. I would meet him at the front door, and I would let him have it. I would tell him everything about my day, and not always the positive things. I thought, oh my gosh, you know... Um, I just didn't think of that. And so where for women, we face unpacking, setting up a home, stress on our marriage and unhappy kids. Oh, yes, that too plays into the factor. For loneliness, men have no identity in their new job and retirement. They're trying to establish their identity. You know, it's, they don't have deep relationships. It's, hey, how are you? You know, it's, you know, how are you doing? Or, you know, who won the game the other night? Or wasn't that a great touchdown? You know, men have no identity in their new job and retirement un- or until they they establish that. They're no deep relationship. They have that new guy syndrome, that wait and see, you know, wait and see, that attitude um, of others. You know, we'll just, we're just going to wait and see what happens. And for women, it's social. It's relational. We're trying to get into a closed circle. We're trying to make friends. For women, it's social. For men, it's a livelihood. Oh, my goodness. Is that ever true? When Bill said that, I thought, gum, that is so profound. That is so right. Women are all about relationships, where men are thinking in the context of, hey, I don't have deep relationships. I don't have time for that. You know, this is my livelihood. No one escapes the kaleidoscope of emotions that come with moving. Men don't escape it. They just won't admit it. And women don't escape it, and we wear it. Honey, I wore my emotions. You could tell on my face and in my voice and exactly how I would react that I would wear my feelings and emotions. So let's talk about unpacking your marriage. Now, I've, I've helped you 
understand some practical tips about change. I just wanted to unpack the facts for you a little bit and and show you the natural reactions to change and then talked about unpacking your move, which, you know, we've got to let go and trust God and start over with hope and move forward with faith and gave a a good um, understanding of where men come from in all of that. But now let's talk about unpacking your marriage. I love Ephesians 3.20. In fact, it is my marriage verse for all these many years. It reads, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Ephesians 3.20. I tell you what, that verse was the anchor to my marriage for years because I saw God do a mighty work in both Bill and I that was beyond anything we could have asked, anything we could have imagined. Um, I, it was God in me. It was God in Bill that humbled us and that drove us to him when we were on the brink of, we were like two ships passing in the night. Our communication was nil to nothing and we were drifting apart and um, just slipping off that ladder uh, of marriage. And Gosh, God is able. It is His power within us. It is humbling ourselves to Him and submitting to our our God, who knows, who knows um, the steps we need to take to rekindle the flame in our marriage and to accomplish more than we could ask or think. You know, I. One of the things I teach, and and it is a visual that Bill gave me again years ago, and unpacking your marriage is like unpacking, um, it's like a cake mix, you know, when you buy a cake mix in a box in the grocery store, it includes in the package, um, you know, the, the flour, and it includes all the ingredients you need to bake a cake. And all you do is add sometimes oil or eggs or pudding, but all the basic ingredients are in that package. And there are other things you can add. It's just like a marriage. A marriage comes packaged. Your husband comes with a history. He comes with... uh, the way he was raised, whether he was raised knowing how to love you as his wife, his environment, his home life. Um, he was raised with in a culture or in a family that might be entirely different. And that uh, has a great impact on on your marriage, whether he comes from a divorced family or an abusive family. Those are all things that um, have an effect on who he is today. And um, 
so it's like when you take a cake mix out of the package, when you take your husband out of that package of life that he was raised in, um, the things you can add are appreciation and acceptance and encouragement. Build him up and not down. And it is that love that you give him. Those are the ingredients that you add to your marriage like you would add ingredients to a cake mix and then the cake rises as you stir those ingredients in maybe it's the oil and the eggs and the pudding and the cake rises to be all it can be and then you frost it and cover all the cracks with the frosting and friends in your marriage you add all those ingredients and then you stir them in and you add the frosting which is love And you add forgiveness, which covers all the cracks, because no marriage is perfect. I'm not perfect. Bill wasn't perfect. Bill had baggage when he came in to the marriage. I had expectations. Bill was raised in an emotionally abusive, alcoholic family. And here comes Miss Southern Pollyanna, who just loves to, you know, just feels like I'm going to marry Prince Charming and have a white picket fence and a on a man on a white horse and boy was that a surprise I mean we're talking about differences you've got them we had them it is the ingredients we add and we stir in and then we frost with love and cover all the cracks with forgiveness sometimes a move is going to bring you closer my friends and sometimes a move is another brick in the wall between you Sometimes after a move, a woman will come to me and she'll say, well, this move just just messed up my marriage. This move just tore my marriage apart. And the more I talk with her, I realize there was trouble brewing long before the move, that the move was the tip of the iceberg. Sometimes a move is another brick in the wall between you. You're like trains passing on two tracks but never connecting, like two ships passing in the night. You're living under the same roof but you're miles apart. I know that because I've been there. I've I've had years in my marriage that were like that. And it, to unpack your marriage, and especially uh, over this month of Valentine's and, and you know, I... Uh, it's not all about hearts and candy and teddy bears and, uh, you know, a dinner out. That's wonderful, but it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than that. It's lived out every single day. And a couple of things I would encourage you to do in unpacking your marriage is be intentional. Be intentional about praying together, about um, taking walks together, having a date night. And if you say, oh, Susan, my husband doesn't pray. My husband doesn't even believe in God. Well, you know what? It just takes one person in the family. That one person is you to live out the biblical principles uh, that God gives us in his word and to live out your love for him and to continue to um, to not give up and to understand the importance of um, that even in the best marriage that the chase is never over 
and to continue to um, not become complacent and routine in your marriage. You can be so easily distracted. Oh, my friends, be intentional. Make your marriage and your man a priority. A priority. Prioritize your marriage. Uh, gosh, there were so many times when the kids were little and they came first and Bill and I came second. And we, you know, that was part of being two ships that passed in the night because, you know, I was at home raising the children, working part time. And Bill was working 24-7 in the hotel business. And our marriage was not a priority. And we paid the price for that. Remember that somebody has to blink. Somebody has to blink. Somebody has to be the first to say, I'm sorry, I apologize, I was wrong, forgive me. Those things. Somebody has to blink. Remember the what, how, and when rule. It's not what you say, but how you say it and when you say it. The what, how, and when rule. It's so important to remember that. Um, So many times uh, I would greet Bill at the door, as I said before, and unload my day and, you know, have a real attitude about it and learned, oh my gosh, I need to let him come in, you know, take a deep breath, change clothes, you know, relax a minute before I share. I need to say, how was your day? Equally as much as I share my day. And then to love unconditionally. Uh, There's going to be times of disconnect. There's going to be times of discouragement and being disillusioned. But love him unconditionally, just as God loves us unconditionally. That's so important. And don't go to bed angry with one another. Don't you dare turn away on two different sides of the bed and not speak. But... (laughs) Lay there in bed and talk. Talk it out. Uh, Sometimes for men, they can talk better when they're not face-to-face. That's kind of a man thing. You know, if you lay there and think about what you're going to say before you say it and, um, and, and communicate and talk, it's amazing. You just don't want to go to bed angry because then you wake up with a knot in your stomach and your whole day is messed up the next day and then you stockpile that anger and then it builds. Be patient with one another. Recognize that he is going through change equally as you are. Um, Be patient. Be patient. Um, Sometimes that's worth the waiting is the patience. And then pray. Pray for your husband. That's the greatest gift you can give him, is to pray for him. You know, you can add all those ingredients in the cute little illustration I used with um, with the cake mix, but to, to pray for him is the greatest gift that you can give him. And to... Um, to try to understand him. And then let me share a couple of things with how to move closer together. And you know, these are things you can do any day of the year. Um, in him, all things hold together, Colossians 1, 17. In him, listen at that, girls. In him, in God, all things hold together. 
So, you know, God's at the top of your marriage. He should be. It's a triangle. God's at the top, and you and your husband, I always say it's kind of like a rubber band that you stretch up. Well, God's the head of your home, and then um, you and your husband come under his headship. And, oh my goodness, in him all things hold together. If he loses place in your marriage, things are going to go haywire. You have to focus on God. Pray to Him. Focus on Him. Tell, you know, God all the negative things about your husband. It's not always wise to tell your husband. Some things to move closer together. And I've mentioned this communication. I can't say that enough to communicate whatever that might look like to the two of you. Uh, Take time for each other. Have date nights, walks, um, you know, block out time. It might mean getting up early, have a cup of coffee together before the kids get up. Uh, It might mean, you know, having some quiet time together after the kids go to bed. Maybe plan a lunch together. Get on his calendar at work and, um, you know... uh, or breakfast, and just make sure you have some time together. Make sure you have that date night. And then don't forget to ask about his job and his day. Sometimes in the midst of, you know, just pouring out my day, I would forget to ask Bill uh, how his day went. Listen. Listen to each other. One of our greatest needs as women is to be heard And yet, sometimes we do all the talking. And I encourage you to listen to him and to to have an open heart and allow that listening ear to be sympathetic and understanding rather than judgmental and critical. Listen to him. Um, Our need is to be heard. And therefore, sometimes we do all the talking. Support each other. Pitch in and help. Um, Pitch in and help your man. That is what I call an observable love. It's something you can see, touch, and feel by supporting him, by pitching in and helping him. And, you know, I would pray for all of you that these things would be contagious, that by living them out, your husband will catch it and that it will come back to you. Um, Show appreciation through words or acts of kindness. Show appreciation. Affection. Oh my goodness. Affection is love lived out. Affection is to see and touch and feel. It's observable. Show it. Show your love, your affection with your eyes, your smile, your words, your touch. That uh, Sometimes just holding Bill's hand was, you know, just my act of love lived out for him. Just to reach over and hold his hand. Sometimes I would pat his knee in church or take his hand in the movie. And all those things are signs of affection. It's love lived out. Minimize the negative and accentuate the positive. It's so important. I mean, 
you know, I would get on a negative bandwagon and just la, 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 nag, nag, nag. I mean, I'm telling you, there were years when I was not, you know, a a happy camper. Um, Minimize the negative, accentuate the positive. It's part of building him up. And you know what we don't realize, what I didn't realize, is that because of Bill's background, he had always been torn down. And God gave me this wonderful man to build up, to love unconditionally, to give him the things, the ingredients that would um, just grow him all the more in his manhood and in who he was by my loving him and living out that love and minimizing the negative and being his cheerleader and encouraging him. And sometimes I would forget that he he didn't grow up with that. And that was a gift to him that I didn't even realize. And a lot of times uh, you may not know um your husband's background, or you may not know the pain that he has had, or the unloving family that he came from. As many loving families as there are in the world, there are those that are not. And so a lot of times, men don't come with tools in their toolbox for marriage. And a lot of times, we live out the example of what that looks like in our marriage. Remember, it's not about you, it's about us. I remember when Bill told me that one time, he said, Susan, this is this this problem we're having, this issue we're having, it's not about you, it's not about me, it's about us. It affects us. Think us. Don't think me, 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 but think us, us, us. It's about us. And then remember the five love languages. Time, touch, words, gifts, and service. Know your husband's love language. Gary Chapman's wonderful book on the five love languages. Um, We all have love languages. Bill's was the gift of service. That's his love language to me. My love language to him was words. Um, And, you know, your love language can change over the years of marriage. So I encourage you to learn your husband's love language. And then the last thing I would um, encourage you to do in moving closer together is to focus on Christ and not your circumstances. You can be in the minutiae of circumstances and hardship and financial need and um, uh, a drifting between the two of you. It, that can happen so easily. And we focus on those things and we dwell on those things and we become negative and preoccupied with that instead of moving our eyes up and focusing on God And if you keep your focus on God, if you keep your focus on Him and not your circumstances, it will change you and it will make such a difference. There are many ways, my friends, um, to fill the emptiness in your marriage. Some are healthy and some are not healthy. What I want to encourage you this Valentine's Day 
is to fill your heart with a new appreciation and encouragement in your husband to live it out and to spill it over to him. Um, and remember that, you know, find out what makes him tick, not what ticks him off. And, and love him in the best of marriages. As I said before, the chase is never really over. And what you plant in him will begin to bloom and grow. And a move takes a toll on a marriage for the most part. And sometimes it is the priorities that you give to the intimacy, to the time together, to the words, to the communication that will make all the difference in the world. Don't forget to share um, uh, share something to do together. If you love to walk, a bike ride, you know, whatever that is. If you're not into that, you know, find something that you can enjoy doing together. These are all things that are important not just after we move, not just um, on Valentine's Day, but it's something that will increase um, the depth of our marriage when we stop and say, hey, I love you, and hey, I'm in your corner, and I'm cheering you on. Oh my goodness, I could go on and on and on and maybe I'll do another podcast on marriage. But I I just felt that I wanted to share some of Bill's thoughts and some of the things that we work through and some of the hard times that we had for you to know that you're not alone and that um, there is hope within your marriage and I encourage you to um, keep your focus on Christ. I encourage you to pray for your husband. And I want to remind you that um, there's some things that we, through our ministry, can offer you that will help you live out uh, God's love, not only to your husband, but to your children that will inspire and encourage you and bring you hope. And I encourage you to go on our website, justmove.org, not only with my blogs and podcasts, but we have a Just Move community that you can join if you're in the trenches of moving. And it's private, and you can share. Women from all over the world go on our Just Moved community page and share, you know, hey, do you know... Has anybody moved to Nebraska or is somebody in London? And, you know, they connect in on our Just Move community page. And that's a great um, venue for you to feel encouraged. And also sign up for our Bloom publication. It comes three times a year in your mailbox and it will encourage you. We've done articles on uh, marriage. On The most recent one is on courage. We cover all aspects of being uprooted uh, and going through change. But I just, I love you all. And if I had a big card that had your names on it, I would sign it with love from my heart 
to yours. You have a great week, have a great month, and you know what? I'll talk to you again soon. And don't forget, always move closer to Jesus. It just doesn't get much better than that. 